What's up, guys? My name is CJ Finley, and this is the Thrive on Life podcast. I started a brand called Thrive on Life to help other mission-based people, brands, and businesses thrive. So if you have a new idea, project, or business that you're working on, and you're feeling a little bit stuck, I'd love to help you or connect you with somebody that can. Today, it's Tuesday. Did two podcasts back-to-back, one yesterday, one today. Really great week. I'm super, super fired up. I just came off of a weekend of doing the High Rocks Fitness competition and feeling a little bit better today. It was a little shaky. My legs were a little bit shaky. And that's something that today's guest is a little is used to <laughs> putting on to other people. So that's right. Mr. Corey Lawson is with me here today. He is the founder and CEO of Claw Athletics, and he's used to making people's calves as hurt as much as mine have been the past couple of days. But I'm going to switch something up today. I'm always honest and transparent. And from the last couple podcasts we've been starting with, where are you from? What are you up to? How'd you get to Austin? Today, I want to throw a little bit of a switch up and start with the conversation that we're having before here, where Corey is talking about how he's driving around in silence right now. Why the fuck are you driving around (laughs) in silence? So it started as this like wacky theory I had where I was like, okay, why do we study like the Socrates, the Plato's? I was like, we have the internet today. Like, why aren't the real geniuses around today? Um, and I started figuring out, I was like, what is different about us today versus life 200, 300 years ago? And one of the things I figured out was they had a lot less distractions, right? Like I was listening to this speech one time, some guy talked about some philosopher who sent, who spent 20 years in a forest working on one theory. And I was like, 20 years in a forest by himself on one theory. I can't spend 20 minutes working on one, <laughs> <laughs> working on one thing. Um, and I was like, man, I think the missing link for myself and a lot of people is we don't even have enough time alone with our own thoughts, our own emotions, our own brain uh, to really tap into a lot of the genius we all have. So I'm testing it out. So like this morning, had meditation, uh, complete silence, um, cooked some breakfast, complete silence, drove to, drove to the gym, 30 minutes, complete silence, drove here, complete silence. Um, and yeah, I'm testing what, it out. So what are you looking to get out of this? So you are hearing these old stories yeah. of people that have lived a more secluded life and you want to try to integrate that into your own life. What are you trying to get out of it? Right. I think the two main things I'm trying to get out of it, one is just mental health, Uh, just trying to be a lot more calm as I go through the day, not so much frenzy, not so much being pulled every direction from what Instagram's saying, what Twitter's saying, what my mom's saying, what you're saying, what anyone's saying, trying to just tap back into my own inner being. Uh, and then two, as well as like, even when I'm driving to work, like I, I might think of something that helps my business. I might think of something that helps this one client. Um, I might think of um, something that helps just advance the mission further. So it's kind of a twofold. It's A, um, the mental health aspect of it, as well as B, I feel like a lot of our genius, we're not able to access it because we're always on Twitter, Instagram, or texting people, or watching YouTube, watching Netflix, listening to music. I'm trying to drown all that out and see what's actually inside of myself. Have you ever heard of the quote that the answers aren't inside the room? No. That's what it reminded reminds yeah. me of is because the room is really noisy yeah. like in our world. Like when you're an entrepreneur and you're working on so many different things, right. any room that you're into is always really noisy. Really and typically the answers that you're seeking aren't going to be there. Nope. So that's why they say go for a run, go for a walk, um, work out. Yeah. 
meditate, yeah. all these things. And I just wanted to know a little bit about more of like why you were doing right. this and what you were seeking from it and what would the end result would be um, so that somebody out there listening could understand more of like if they're having these thoughts too, what steps that they could right. take. So how did you go about finding what steps you actually wanted to take where you're turning off your car and yeah. driving in silence, turning off the radio in your car and driving in silence and some of these other things. Did you find an article or something or is this completely just made up off of so, your own head? Like you and I both read a lot of books. Uh, two books I've been reading recently. One is the 5am club and the author of that book, he had a quote where he was like, distraction is the enemy of genius. Uh, and then two, I've been reading Ryan Holiday's, uh, which one was it? It was Ryan Holiday, Stillness is the Key. And so the whole book's about being still and about being quiet um, and about solitude. And I kind of was like, okay, I'm asking the question of what did these old geniuses have that I don't? And a lot of these books are starting to tie back to that same theme of quiet, solitude, alone in a room by yourself, all that kind of stuff. And I was like, okay, what's the most practical way for me to apply this? My life's super busy right now. I can dedicate 10 minutes of meditation and I have to drive to the gym anyway. Let me not hear a podcast. Let me not listen to a music, whatever. Let me just be in silence, which was really weird the first time. I'm <laughs> not going to lie. And today's the first day? Today was the first day. And how long do you think you're going to keep this going? Ooh, honestly, however long I want to keep it going. I, I mean, <laughs> it answer. was my guess is that it's going to be really weird for the first couple of days. Then it's going to get a lot easier. Like today I'm driving. I catch myself still like reaching for my phone. And I'm like, even though I was doing a silent car ride, I still plug my phone into the aux cord. I'm like, why am I doing this? <laughs> but it's a habit, right? So, so your, ne your next thing is yeah. have a bag, put your phone in the bag. Yeah. Put the bag in the, right. in the trunk. And yep. then like, so... For anybody that knows Corey, him and I are cut from the same cloth, super competitive and always yep. trying to find hacks and, and ways like this. So <laughs> you're, you're going to master this real quick and then start getting bored of it and be like, what's yep. that next challenge? Next level. So I'm, I'm excited for all that. But I'd love to know a little bit more about you saying you're busy, you're up to all these things. Tell us a little bit about yourself, where you grew up, yeah. how you got to Austin. What, yeah, what spurs whole, your passion and the whole shebang and all the energy yeah, that you bring to the world. The whole shebang, the whole shebang. All right, so uh, born and raised Sugarland, Texas, right outside of Houston. Usually, I tell people Houston, Texas, but it's actually Sugarland. Growing up, my first real passion was sports. That's really the reason I'm into athletics and to working out today. Um, we'll probably get into it later, but a big part of my story: I lost my father when I was seven years old. My life had gone a lot of different ways, but I had two things: I had a really, really strong mother who really kicked my ass when she needed to, but kind of showed me right from wrong. And then I had sports. Like I had, I didn't have a dad, a stepdad, a close uncle, but I always had my football coaches, always had my teammates. And so that spurred a lot of my passion for athletics that I have now. Funny thing is, I never wanted to be an entrepreneur growing up. Uh, my dad was the finance guy. He was into finance. Uh, and my dream was always to be a corporate CEO for somebody in the Fortune 500. I didn't care who the company was. I was just like, I want <laughs> when, that when did you set that? When did you set that dream? High school. High school? High school. I wanted it. And I, I was started doing research. I was like, how many African-American CEOs are there in the Fortune 500? Um, what's the youngest CEO in the Fortune 500? All that kind of stuff. And I was like, that was my dream. I was like, I want that position. I want to be able to say that I lost my father, but I still did X. Yes. So I get to college, I study business, uh, supply chain management and marketing at UT. That's, that's why I'm in Austin now. Funny thing is you get to the actual real world and I realize that corporate's not for me. <laughs> um, I can't sit still. 
I'm a big person who I've got to know the why behind everything that I do. I can't just follow rules for the sake of following rules. You know, rules are meant to be broken. Hey, I agree. <laughs> I agree. A lot of folks disagree. <laughs> Me and you are on the same page. So the funny thing is, during college, I was hosting workouts for free. So it was like I would do every Saturday at Clark Field. I would have like a, a workout for me and like just some close friends. It was totally free. We didn't have agility cones or speed ladders. I would literally bring out like tennis shoes in an H-E-B bag and it'd be like, I would, set, I would create like drills with tennis shoes. It was like sprint to this shoe, cut this way, sprint to that shoe, cut that way, and then sprint out. And that was every Saturday just for totally free because again, I missed having the teammates, the camaraderie, all that good stuff. I was also studying fitness all the time. I was writing programs for my roommates for totally free. I leave college, realized I did not like my first job. In fact, I hated my first job. What'd and, you hate about it? Oh what was God. the first job? So my first job, I was managing a distribution center. Uh, and so the hours, it was Sunday to Thursday. Uh, you start at 12 p.m. And if you're lucky, you get off at midnight. Some nights you're there until 2, 3 a.m., and it's all, it's a distribution center. It's manual. So if anybody on the team misses work, I got to throw on shorts and I'm out there pushing these heavy carts <laughs> around this big ass distribution <laughs> center. Um, it was physically grueling. Uh, the work was not interesting to me. The hours were terrible. Like I just didn't have any time to actually have a life. Everything about it was terrible. And around that same time, uh, actually my ex-girlfriend was like, hey, like you're hosting these free workouts. People are showing up to your workouts like every week. She's like, why don't you turn this into a career? And remember, my, my dream was to be a corporate CEO. So I'm like, that's a distraction. I'm not going to start this company and distract myself from becoming the CEO. <laughs> she's like, Corey, you hate your job. <laughs> you know, she's like, you hate And you your could job. literally be a CEO kind was, of. Right. She's like, she's in like, one year. <laughs> yeah. Like, she's like, you hate your job. And on top of that, you're already getting traction, people coming out to your workouts right now. She's like, just get certified. And at least it's like side income. And that, I guess, gets us to today because what started as just a means of making some side income and a means of just like meeting people and having fun, around year two of the business, I was like, look, I want to do this full time because at that time I was waking up at 6 a.m. to work on my business. And I remember- So what, what switch yeah. flipped? So like you're, you're in this- mode of this version of Corey that wanted to be the corporate CEO. And anybody listening out there, we all have this mode of, for, for me, for instance, yeah. I was going to be this engineer. And it was funny because recently I looked at an article that got posted when I played collegiate soccer. And mm -hmm. I was like, athlete of the week or whatever. Yeah. And I asked you like, where do you see yourself in 10 years oh, or something? Oh boy, what was it? And dude, oh, no. I, I shit you <laughs> not. It, it said like the manager of like an engineering firm, like something <laughs> like that. And I was so upset with myself. One, that I had shot so low. Yep. 100%. Like that's what I 100%. thought I'd be doing. Like yeah. what the 100%. fuck? But yep. I, I didn't think that was low back then. I was like, that's, that's respectable. Like yep. I'll be making good money. Like I'll probably have a house. And like, that's just shit I thought yeah. about. And I, it, it's so depressing to, to think back to that's how we're, we're raised. I, I molded that's myself around that's what I'm going to be like. But I remember when the flip switched for me and I'd love to dig into. Yeah. So you have this corporate CEO version of Corey. Yeah. When did that start fading into and you start shedding that whole vision of yourself and you recreating what you really want. Yeah. Uh, it was two things. It was one, uh, I became aware of the fact that I was not always being myself. 
both at work and socially, like I started to really become aware and it was uncomfortable. I was like, dude, this isn't me. Like I would catch myself like saying things and like doing things and wearing certain things. And I'm like, I'm doing this for me. I'm doing this because I want these people to like me. And I didn't like that. And then the second thing that happened was when I was balancing both, when I was doing my corporate job, plus I also had my business. The business, I would wake up at 5, 6 a.m. to work on the business, and it was no problem at all. It was like the alarm would go off, I'd wake up, I couldn't wait to get to work. Then when it was time for me to actually drive to my corporate job, it was like, ah, I got to stop working on CLAW. And it, it, it was so, it was like a painful thing. It was like taking a kid out of recess. It was like, I have to stop and go to this job. And I, once I became aware of that, I was like, dude, I don't think this is supposed to be side income. I think this is supposed to be what you're- <laughs> At least, at least lean into. And that's, right. that's, the, that's another thing that we're all scared about you know? is because like, for me, it was the same thing. I was, I had the corporate job and then people were willing to pay me to help them with their fitness and wellness goals. And I started realizing- even when I looked back in college, I never missed, like I hated studying. Yep. I would study 12 hours a day, <laughs> yeah. right? But I would not miss the gym. Mm-hmm. Like even if I had just Relatable. studied for 12 hours, yep. took an exam and was exhausted, I would go to the gym. Yep. I would go work out because as an athlete, I was just so, that was my comfort zone. That was my like meditation. It's who you are. As they say. And yeah, it's who, yeah, it's it's who, who you, are. you are. It's ingrained in you. <laughs> That's right. You've been doing it since I was three That's when right. I started. Like it, it just becomes a part of you, right. of who you are, but you never really see that as a career path because nope. it's just like, it's well, if you're, not a pre- you. if you're not a professional athlete, where does that athletic world- Where does it go? Where it's does not it shown go? to you. Because even, just a, real quick, like whenever, I, like whenever she was telling me I should turn this into a business, I, the other reason I kind of turned the idea down at the time was I was like, well, I don't want to work at 24-hour fitness exactly. for 12 hours. In my head, the only way to live as a, as a health coach, as a trainer, is you have to go to 24-hour fitness or LA fitness, get paid nothing, and work 12, 13-hour days. I was like, no, I don't want to do that. <laughs> I was like, it's more fun doing it for free right now and, ha- and being able to call my own shots. <laughs> and that's where- <laughs> you know? That's where we just, there was just this whole world where we didn't even see. And I started learning about it. I mean, thankfully to Instagram, you start seeing these people doing different things. You reach out to them, DM them. And I still remember getting my first couple clients and I would train them at six in the morning and then go to my full-time job and then another client at 6 p.m. Same. And I was working (laughs) harder than I thought I ever could work. Because when you're like, damn, like I'm working hard at my nine to five and all your friends that are newly graduated are talking about working hard. And then you're over here working a job on top of a job. That's right. And then posting on social media, then doing all these things. But it never felt like work. (laughs) That's when it turned into me. I was like, wait a second. (laughs) There's something to this. This never feels like a job. Yep. Let me lean into this a little bit, and then as soon as you lean into it, I, it's like a snowball effect. 100%. You start attracting the same types of people. 100%. You start, and it just like yep. molds into this ball. So, dig a little bit into. Okay, so you started having this idea that yep. this is what you wanted to do full time, but it's not just that easy. Like, no. we don't just like <laughs> in our no. head tomorrow. Yeah, I'm gonna go yeah. build this this no. business, and we're gonna nope go off oh, into God. the rainbow, right? So much happened between, between run, and now. run us through yeah. like some of the struggles that you had in the beginning and, oh, and what that looked like. Oh boy, where to start? So, so my business, I guess I'll give them an overview. So I do a combination of group outdoor boot camps as well as some online stuff, some one-on-one stuff. What did so it so start forth. as? 
So what it started as was I started the bootcamp and then I also had one online client. I had those two things. Um, the bootcamp literally for the first year, maybe year and a half, we probably averaged one or two people a class. So and it wasn't really much of a bootcamp. No, camp. and that's including <laughs> my best friend, Chris, if you're listening to this. Chris would show up every week like clockwork, no matter what. So I knew I had Chris. I had my one person. And then it was like, do we get a second person today? Do we not? So for a whole year, we were out there every single week with just one or two people. And that was it. And we would set up a tripod and try to record the footage, put it on Instagram, tag each other, both repost it. Um, but there was zero traction. <laughs> Nobody cared. Nobody cared. Uh, so why, why do you think there wasn't that much traction that first year? Oh, so and this is the things. thing that gets businesses yeah. get stuck on is just like, you're doing the damn thing, but there's just these little tweaks that you have to yeah. make to, to find success yeah. and the people that stick it out. So you stuck it out. Right. But how many people would have quit in month 10? A million. A million. And that's also why I tell people, I'm like, if you're going to start a business and you're brand new to all this, pick something you like to do. Because if I didn't like fitness, I would have quit that shit like in the first <laughs> month. Okay. Um, but mistakes I made early on, I wasn't leveraging the people who were showing up to grow the brand. So for example, we would do a boot camp. I might record the video. I might post it on Instagram, might not. Versus now, it's like if we were if we do the boot camp, I'm gonna tag each person. I'm gonna show them love on social media. I'm gonna shout them out. I'm gonna let them know that like they're part of this journey. You're gonna care. I'm gonna give a shit. I'm gonna yeah. care. And then and then on the back end, like for me, it's like okay, like worst case scenario, I just made this person really happy. Like they just feel really good about themselves because they should. They showed up. They came to this boot camp. They did a hard workout. They didn't have to be here. They could have stayed home and watched Netflix. So it matters. But then two, it's like that person might repost that on Instagram or on Twitter. And that's how some of the traction started to build. It was like, we started getting a bunch of like referral people. It was like Amanda would come to a boot camp. She would post about us. And then three of her friends would come the next week. And it's like, oh, whoa, this is the model. Like this is working. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, um, so stuff like that also, um, and I think this speaks to a lot of people who are early in their entrepreneurship journey is early on, hate to admit it, but I was like, I was ashamed to talk about my boot camp for two reasons. One, I didn't want to tell the world I had this boot camp where there was two people showing up to. Like my ego is like in the way. My ego was like, I would only post if there was like five or more people. And the problem with that is if you don't tell the world what you're doing, then people can't join you, <laughs> right? It's like people can't join you. But that was my ego back then. I was like, if it's, if it's just me and Chris, I was like, I'm not posting this. I don't want to give people the, the idea, the inclination that we're not succeeding at this, which in hindsight, it's like, it's month three. Of course you're not succeeding, you know, but I didn't know that. And then the second reason- Well, was, you, are, you were succeeding. Well, that, I, that, that's but, the no, thing. But, like, but, you, right, the, the, was, ego, right. the ego makes you think, and this is where like, when you go, you went to UT, right? Mm -hmm. You didn't go in the first semester and then demand your fucking degree. No. Like, and no, that's as entrepreneurs, 100%. we like, we jump into this yep. pool and we demand the yeah. degree and yep. the worth two months into it. Yep. Like, that's not Doesn't how it works. You, ha you have to pay work. tuition. You got to pay dues, baby. You got to pay dues, baby. <laughs> and this man- And as I'll I always say, the game will <laughs> test you. That's one of my quotes. The game will test you. <laughs> Find out if you really want it. Um, the second reason I was really ashamed was because at the time, I hadn't decided what was more important to me. Was it my full-time job or was it my business? And so my fear was if I post about this on my Instagram a lot, 
people at my job are going to see this and A, they're going to start judging me. Like, what does Corey think he's doing? Like, what is, what is he trying to do right now? You, what, you think you're some CEO, some entrepreneur? Who do you think you are? I was, I was ashamed of that. And then I was ashamed of too, quite frankly. I was like, what if this gets my manager and I get fired for this? Like, you know <laughs> what I mean? Like, just honest to God. So those three things had me early on afraid to even leverage social media the way that I do now. So believe it or not, yeah. this hits home with me and Aaron a yeah. lot. We created Thrive on Life in the beginning. Nobody even knew, like my name was, wasn't really attached to it. And that was for the same, for same the same reason. Like we're posting about stuff. We didn't really, like I didn't tell anybody at work that I had this account. And the older, wiser me now looks back and is just like, if they would have fired me, like that just would have showed me that keep fucking going. That's right. Like go on that path. <laughs> would have propelled yeah, you earlier. Yeah, and it would have <laughs> propelled me earlier because right. that's, that's not a job that I want to be at anyway. No. Like that's yeah. not people that I want to be. And even, even today, because, and you know this friction as well as I do, when you're an entrepreneur and you're up and going, like you have to work on multiple different projects. 100%. You, you don't just get to work on Claw full time because you haven't earned that yet, right? 100%. And I haven't earned even working on Thrive full time. And right. this is why we're sitting here on this podcast. That's right. Both trying to grow right. and get this going. Growth, baby. But yep. the people that I want to, that I want to surround myself with and work on different projects with, let me work on Thrive and I let them work on on their thing. 100%. And we completely understand that like, we're just trying to grow together and I don't expect you to, one, think Thrive is your baby and vice versa. And 100%. I think there's a lot of conflict in that world. So not only were you fighting your corporate job of that fear, but you're also facing this fear of, how do I even get people into this claw thing that That's I'm right. creating That's right. when I can't even jump fully I into know. it? It's, it's almost like a guilt. Yeah, it's, it's a guilty feeling. It like if I'm half-assing feeling. and I can't yeah. jump fully into it because I feel some sort of way, how do I grow this thing and get other people? And you just yep. are sitting in limbo that yep. entire time. So I know the rest of the story because yeah. I've worked extremely closely with Corey over yep. the past year and a half. We're like brothers now. Um, but before we get into that part, I really want to dig into the why of mm. why you started yeah. Claw because for Thrive, those that don't know, Aaron's father passed away in a spin class of a heart attack. He was super in shape and I actually have a heartline tattoo on my forearm and it reminds me every single day to like make every heartbeat count. And the why in Corey's story is kind of like what changed our relationship yeah. because before we <laughs> sat down and had, I still remember this conversation yep. at Kava, Kava where he's running Claw yep. and I'm a business coach. So I was helping him work on his business. And my first thing that we always do in the first month is like, why are you doing what you're doing? And I had always thought that Claw Athletics sto stood for Corey Lawson and then <laughs> athletics, right? Nope. So I'd love for you to dig into... <laughs> What actually happened? Yeah. How did you lose your dad at age seven? Yeah. And how did that impact your life full scale of everything you just talked about prior to this? Yeah. So um, similar to Aaron's dad, my father was very athletic. So he was a natural athlete growing up. And when he died, he was 36. It was actually the, the day before his 36th birthday is when he died. So technically he was 35, but very athletic, uh, in great shape, worked out a lot, um, ate a healthy, clean diet. He was given a speech and he collapsed. He had a heart attack. So he was born with cardiomyopathy. Um, it's a heart condition that if you don't otherwise know that you have it, there's not really symptoms until you have a heart attack. Um, so he's given a speech. Um, he collapses, face plants, 
has a heart attack, never makes it to the hospital. Uh, he died in the ambulance on the way. I'm in first grade, and we're practicing for a school play. And I get called into the principal's office, and I was a little troublemaker my whole life. So I'm just thinking, you know, what they get me for this time, man, what they get me for. I walk in, and my mom's there. I'm like, oh, I really messed up now. I really did something bad. And But she can't speak. She's, like, crying. She's, like, crying hard. She can't speak. I never see my mom like this. Uh, and she said, your father collapsed. And at the time, I didn't know what collapsed even meant as a first grader. I'm like, okay, so what does that mean? Like, what are we doing? Are we going home? What are we doing? She's like, he's gone. He he collapsed. He died. And I was just like, it, it just it didn't register. Um, and they take me out of school. We get home. All the family, the house is packed. It was either that night or the following night we had to fly to South Carolina because that's where he was giving a speech. Um, and I was seven years old, uh, but they wanted me to see my father one last time. So like I actually got, I actually saw my father on a hospital bed, dead, like wired up tubes in him, um, had the funeral, all that stuff. Um, so growing up that kind of like morphed its way into, I was like, I want to do something for my father one day. Um, but again, I never wanted to be an entrepreneur. So my thing was like one day I'll just build a nonprofit or some sort of a foundation where we could help out kids who don't have a father. That was always my dream. Uh, and then fast forward a little bit of time and when we were building Claw, I was deciding between names and I was like, dude, I don't know what this company is going to be, but this is this is my shot to to try that, to try building something for my dad. Um, the two names, it was either going to be Calco because his name was Calvin. So it was going to be either like Calvin Company, like Calco, or it was going to be Claw because it's, his name's Calvin Lawson. So it was going to be Claw for Claw Athletics. Surveyed all my friends. Everybody was like, Calco is terrible. Don't ever, <laughs> don't ever write that the name. And so Claw I didn't want to say it here live. Like. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I know. Um, Claw is fucking badass. Hey, so. You know I have thick skin. It's all good. It's all good, man. They were like, Calco is terrible. They were like, I don't even know what this company is. They were like, I don't know. Is this counting calories? Are we going to California? What are we doing? And I was like, I appreciate y'all's honesty. And uh, Claw Athletics, it is. So, so, yeah, it was like, um, that was the start of it all. And it's funny because I don't know why I didn't tell you the why behind everything early on. Well, I do know why. It's because I've always been, it's always been tough for me to talk about my father, uh, especially to people who don't know the backstory. Um, but that was the why behind it all. Uh, and so now it's like, I'm trying to build something that's global. And then when it's, when it's, when it's global and it's helping so many people change so many lives, I can always point back to, yeah, but like, this isn't, this isn't me. <laughs> this is and this is for him. This is for Calvin Lawson. You're a prime example of the faster you, because it is tough. It's never going to be easy um, to, to speak about that. But the more that you do, it's more empowering, one, to yourself and to other people. Mm -hmm. But two, it helps you connect. Yep. And that's where like... Yep right away when you said that, I was like, holy shit, dude. Like, do know. you know my story at I all? I had no idea at like, the time. Yeah, no, no idea. idea. And then that's the thing. And it's like, gives me chills, like thinking yeah. about it is that's business. Like that connection and building relationships 100%. and understanding people at a human level of why you're driven to do what you do. I mean, that bought me in so much more because one of the things that I look for in investing in people is 
work ethic and grit mm-hmm. and then trauma. Yep. So like Ooh, if you've powerful. if you've been yep. through trauma and you're still going yep. and you still show up positive <laughs> yeah. and energy, dude, you have yeah. the best energy yep. <laughs> of anybody in Austin, Texas. There's no doubt where you're going and where yeah. you're heading. Yeah. Like I would literally put you up against anybody yeah. with the amount of energy you exert yep. and put out into this world. Um, and that's crazy coming from me because know, I'm very you're similar. A very energetic guy. Um, yep. But you just like man, you just have this throttle that mm-hmm. I've never seen before, which is. An extreme compliment. Yeah. Um, no caffeine today, by the way. Yeah, and th- that's like that's without <laughs> yeah. caffeine. Like, th- like this dude, yeah. if you need energy anywhere, call Corey. I'm, a, I'm um, gonna get you ready. <laughs> but that's the thing. Like you had this energy, yeah. even, and then I heard that story. I'm like, this guy's a winner. Like, yep. yeah, through and through, you're a winner. But then when we look at your cards of like what you're doing, that's where I love to go into. So you have this work ethic, and you've been through all this, and it's just not working. Mm-hmm. And right. I could see clear as day because yeah. I've been through this before yeah. why it's not. How did you even figure out to even reach out to me? Yeah. And because there's a lot of people out there that whether they're listening to this or not, I know there's people sitting at desks right now or are new entrepreneurs that are afraid to ask for help. Yeah. And yep. that's something that like, you're a super positive dude. You're CEO mentality, captain mentality, but your ability to ask questions and reach out to people is probably one of the top traits yeah. that you have. Where right. did that come from? Yeah. So um, I'll give you the backstory. Uh, well, the short answer is it wasn't something I was born with. I'm the type that I have to learn things the hard way and then I change. Like, I think part of being competitive is you can only lose the same way for so long. And then you have to switch things up, right? So, but backstory, growing up without my father, I adopted this mindset of I have to do everything my way. Like, so growing up, I was not good at asking for help. In fact, most of my teenage years, most of my high school, college years was a series of beating my head against the same walls. It was always, I have to do it my way, win or lose, I'm going to lose doing it my way. And when I was starting Claw, a year into it, again, we're having no people coming to the boot camp. I'm having one one-on-one client in the first handful of months. And funny story, um, my business bank account actually shut me down. So they, <laughs> all, like the money that was in my account at the time, it was like nothing crazy, like one or 2,000 bucks in my business account. Apparently, they needed info from me. They were sending letters to an old address. I never got the letters. So I wake up one day and they shut my account down. So now I'm like flat broke. <laughs> and so I never forget it. I was working out at 24 Hour Fitness. I get in the car. I'm flat broke. My boot camp's going nowhere. I've got nobody <laughs> hitting me up on Instagram. I've got one or two clients on the one-on-one side. I'm making no money. It's a glorified hobby. And I don't like my job. And it was raining that day. Like, like life always like sends rain whenever you need to like wake the fuck up. It was raining that night. Um, and a friend of mine, Haley Wiggins, who CJ had helped, uh, I guess, on her business a couple years ago, she had sent me like five Instagram profiles. It was like three or four fitness trainers, and then it was it was CJ. So she was like, hey, here's these like four trainers in Austin who are doing similar stuff. And then this fifth guy is a business coach. Well, when she had sent me that information, I'm still got that cocky young guy in me. I'm like, I'm not hitting these people up. I'm gonna do this on my own. Like, screw them. <laughs> it's funny because like it's like these are my friends now. That, yeah. that it was like she sent me like Shay, Izzy, you. Uh, but at the time, I'm like, I don't know these guys. I'm like, screw these guys. Plus, again, I grew up without a father. I don't trust the world. Like, yeah. I don't trust the world to help me out. 
Um, and I remember, I was like, thanks for sending me those profiles, whatever. But it wasn't until that night when I was in that car and I was like, man, how long do I want to lose at this thing? <laughs> and so that night I sent CJ a long DM. We should pull it up later on and uh, read through whatever the first DM was. But I just got to a point where I just couldn't lose anymore. I was so mad, so frustrated, so tired of losing that I was like, I don't care what I have to change. I have to win. I can't. Like I, This is going to kill me if I don't change something. <laughs> and it's so, crazy because if yeah. you think about it, like, how did you win at football? You had to listen to coaches. You had to listen to teammates. And you, you had, had a team, adjust. right? So yep. like you're alone. Like yep. you didn't have teammates. Right. You have a coach. You have anything. And that's where... I mean, ego is, I, we, we talk about it a lot, but it's, huge. it's one of those things as a mid, mid-20s male, mm-hmm. you start really, I think a lot of my friends and myself included, dig into that ego that just builds up over a year because you, you can't talk about your feelings. Nope. Like my, da- my dad was yeah. great, but like we don't talk about our feelings ever. <laughs> and I've done pretty much a lot yeah. of the things on my own, yep. moved jobs, all yep. that stuff, all on my own. So I had the same mentality jumping into entrepreneurship in, in Houston and just doing everything on my own. And what I started researching was, again, going back to Instagram is just like, how do these people move faster? Because mm-hmm. I'm, a, I'm a life hacker and optimist. And how do I optimize? And when I saw it, it was like, oh shit, you can't do everything. Nope. There's like literally you start reading these books and there's like, okay, nope. there's same 24 hours in a day. If you're founder, CEO type, what should you be doing? And yeah. then when they're saying, oh, you should be doing this and not spending time on X, Y, Z, that's when I'm like, oh shit. Like I shouldn't be executing on all these things because I have to, or I want to, or justifying in my head that I have to learn everything. Yeah. You only have a finite amount of time mm-hmm. and that's where you start learning into, okay, stick to what you're good at. 100%. Um, so you shot me that DM, then what happened? So funny story for the folks at home, CJ, CJ ghosted me, okay? He left me on red. CJ didn't even reply to my DM, okay? I'm sure it was an accident, but I felt some kind of way about it. And you know what? I was not going to hit you back up because for me, and I mean, I mean, this is something that I still, in the same way, in dating and a lot of stuff, is I'm like, I hate to double text. So I'm like, when you didn't hit me back, that's reaffirming all the stuff I already believed about the world. I'm like, see, I knew this was a waste of time. I knew it was pointless to reach out. These people don't want to help me. Why? What am I doing? And I had to go through another <laughs> rock bottom moment. I think the second rock bottom moment was I got to Zilker Park and it was going to be a group boot camp. And I unloaded all my equipment, set up all my stations. Like I was there 30 minutes beforehand preparing. And it's supposed to start at 6 p.m. It's like 6.05. I'm like, no one's there. And I had to, by myself in the park, just slowly pick up all my equipment, put it back in the car, drive myself home. And I was like, dude. (laughs) And that's when I was like, you know what? I don't normally send double texts, but I'm making an exception on this one. And so I sent CJ another DM. And then that's when he was like, oh, should I miss? I missed that one. Da, 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 da. Uh, we met at, was it, it wasn't Kava at that time. It was, um, Cilantro. Cilantro. I never forget it because I walked out of that meeting with literally three pages of notes. <laughs> I'm thinking we're just going to have a nice little conversation. Maybe he might try to sell me on something, but he's just educating me because he's asking me questions about my business and he's, he's helping me through the business and I'm just jotting down notes. I walked out with three pages of notes and then he never again, didn't try to sell me anything. Uh, and so 
I was like, no, nah, I need more of this. I need more of this. So then we jumped on a call the next week, and it was the same thing. I had like a page or two of notes just from the phone call. Around that same time, I don't know if CJ even knows this, but I was creeping on like the Thrive on Life website, the Thrive on Life blog, and I was reading your stuff. And it's funny like how you articulated that you look for trauma in people. I don't know if I had the same verbiage for that, but it was like I liked when I saw somebody who had been through some shit. And so you were talking about your own autoimmune disease in your blog posts. And I was like, okay, this guy, he's been through some, he's been through some stuff. I hate to say it, but he's not just some blind, yeah, some blonde white guy walking Go around. <laughs> probably had his parents, you know, paid for his business. That's that's going through my head. Yeah. You know, that's just me being honest. What I was thinking. And then I was reading about how it was like you you earned a scholarship to play soccer in college. And I was like, okay, maybe I can trust this guy. Maybe I can trust CJ with me, if that makes sense. Um, and then that was around the time we jumped on that phone call. And at that point, I was like, look, I haven't made this type of investment ever. Like, I had never invested in my business to that point. My business account, again, was empty. I still had student loans, still had credit card debt. But I was like, look, man, at the time, I was 24, 25. I was like, this is a fork in the road moment like of life. I was like, I can either gamble on myself <laughs> and try to make this decision right, or I can play it safe and, and one day wonder what if. And that's where a lot of losing my pops early on comes back full circle. Is I was like, my pops, he only got 36 years. So I was like, there's no guarantee that I could be 45 and, and try to do this. <laughs> so I was like, if I'm going to make this happen, we got to go. <laughs> and so that's what I was like, CJ, what does it take? <laughs> I need you. Let's go. Let's rock and roll. And man, it was, <laughs> it was super cool coming from my side. So yeah. for those that... If you're not an entrepreneur and you've never had a coach or anything like that, it's tough to ask for help. Like it, it just is. And even in your corporate job and anything like that, it's tough to ask for help and like really look in the mirror. But once you, for me, once I started looking for help and having mentors, it's a relief. It is. It's like, damn, now I have a teammate. And in the beginning, like that investment, I'm just like your employee. Like I'm yeah. your employee. So that that's my biggest point to to people out there is if you want to grow a company, you have to get used to paying people. That's right. You have to get used 100%. to paying for services, 100%. products, different things, and you have to get used to spending money to make more money. 100%. Or else you're not going to build anything, mm-hmm. right? Yep. And that's so counterintuitive to our world where it's like save, no. save, save, save. Mm-hmm. Well, it's like claw doesn't exist if you save Corey's cash. No, No, you got to pay the people to help you to actually grow this thing because you can't do every job yourself. I don't sell anything because a lot on my end is building trust and rapport. Just like you said, I know what's going through your head. (laughs) like Because that's the same thing going through my head. If I... I'm always thinking in reverse psychology of like putting myself in your shoes. It's like... I'm not African American. Yeah. So he's probably looking at me like there's who's this white guy that like yeah. talks about a lot about business but yeah. like, how does he relate to me at all? So like, one will, of the will he get it? Yeah, will he get my life, yeah. right? And that's one thing that I'm super fortunate. I grew up in a, a small town in New Jersey. It was very diverse. It's yep. so like I saw like so many different types of lives. And then even after I graduated school, living outside New York, it's so diverse there that if you can't get along with and understand other people, like you're just never going to make it. Make it meaning like 
all of our definitions of success, yeah. uh, whether it's money or experiences or, or travel or whatever, or like usually is you have to get along with people 100%. at the end of the day. And, and that's where the first two or three meetings, like I'm just trying to build rapport and be like, does this guy even have what it takes? Because I'm not going to, I'm not going to spend the next year or two years or three years on somebody that I can't see myself like today, having a conversation yeah. with and having fun. At the yep. end of the day, I started a business to have fun. Yep. And that's where, when we're talking about Claw, like a lot of what we dug into in the beginning, I still remember, it was just like, what is fun to you? What yep. do you like yep. doing? And I still remember, I was like, do you like personal training more or your boot camp more or all these right. things? And you're just like, damn, I never even thought about I any of this stuff. Even I think. was just running around doing whatever. I was like, all right, well, if you like the boot camp more, then the question becomes, do you want to be CEO and founder and grow or do you want to be the best coach possible? Mm. And because then you got to, if you want to be the best coach, we got to go find you a partner that's going to grow the company and that's be right. a CEO. That's right. And you're like, no, I fucking want to be CEO. That's right. Like, so what do we do next? <laughs> Shout out to Zach because he's a badass. Oh my God. Badass yes, coach. Please. But I just want to give you so much credit yeah. uh, from my side. <laughs> Corey literally within one year was able to quit his job and go full in on his passion and his business. And that's yeah. really what it takes to get your things to the next level. He did it strategically. He listened and is mm -hmm. fully capable of asking questions. One of the best things that you do is I love the amount of questions, but then also also, you're bullheaded. So if you disagree, like you're going to say it. Yep. And I fucking love that because I'm the same way. Yep. That that's how we get to yep. a better solution for, yep. for both parties. And that's at the end of the day, if you're listening, that's one of the reasons that I highly recommend finding a coach that has already done what you're trying to do. And because what they're going to do is they're going to help you ask these questions and find the answers yourself because I don't know everything. And I just know that questions to ask you to ask yourself mm -hmm. and then you find that solution. So what the hell after this year, you quit yeah. your full time. Yeah. What are you up to now? Yeah. Where do you want to go? Wow. And what is firing you up in this very moment other than being silent, driving around yeah. Austin, Texas? Yeah. <laughs> so uh, I guess we'll start with, so where Claw is at right now. So I actually am a bit disappointed that I did not shout my team out earlier. So, uh, on my team right now, I have two people. So you just mentioned Zach. So Zach Bozier, he's our head coach now for the boot camp. And then Amanda Ortiz. So she runs everything related to our social side of our business, um, social and some marketing as well. So right now, it's kind of the first two years of business. I was just trying to do everything by myself. Uh, and then to your point, I was like, dude, I want to be a great coach. No doubt about it. But my dream isn't to be the number one coach in the world. Like my dream is to build the number one company in the world. Like I want to build a company and have people on my team. And I want to know that like their lives were forever changed because they worked on this business and we grew this together. So, um, Somewhere in the timeline of events, we brought on Zach. So now Zach is our head coach for the boot camp. So that frees me up. I don't have to focus on just running the boot camp and being head in the thing. I get to now spend more time focused on growing the overall business, helping Zach, networking, getting our company in front of other people, um, also like setting the vision, all that kind of stuff, CEO stuff. And then I realized that when it comes to things that are creative and things that are marketing-based and things that are um, social and organizing events, I was like, I am not good <laughs> at that. <laughs> and it's funny because like you start a business and you never know who's going to cross your path. Well, 
a friend of mine brought Amanda to one of my boot camps last year. And when she showed up, you know, it's just another new face at the boot camp. I don't think much of it, but she keeps showing up. And around last summer, she started to bring so many friends out to our boot camp. And I'm like, I don't even know who this person, I don't even really like know her and know her. But every week it was like three people that Amanda brought out. Next week, two people. How'd you guys find out about us? Oh, Amanda told me. Amanda told me. So I invite her out for coffee and I'm like, A, who are you? B, why are you doing this? <laughs> C, what does this mean to you? D, how can we work together? <laughs> you know? And that's what spurred Amanda kind of joining our team. And so just like CJ said with like the multi-purpose entrepreneurs, everybody on our team is is nobody's 100% just on claw right now. Um, so they both have different things that they're chasing in the background. But we've gotten to the point where it's like, I try to get everyone to play their strengths. So it's like, for me, in my opinion, and based on my veterans' opinions, like I think when it comes to running the boot camp, I think Zach's like 20 times better than I am at that role. Um, like I can still run a good boot camp, and I did it for two years, and I can always jump back in if I need to. But like Zach, when he's in his element, like he's better than me at doing that. Like he just is. And I had to accept that. It was an ego thing. It was it's like, just, it's, it was it's an like, ego thing. It's like baseball. <laughs> it's like, like yes. think about this. When yeah. you, you ever watch a baseball game where like they run out of pitchers and like and the shortstop's got to fit, he can still throw a couple strikes. Yes. Like if he needs to get the shit done, he'll right. get it he'll done. Do it. But like, it's so not true. his role. So like, true. It's like baseball, and I would use football as another example. It's like I always tell Zach, I'm like, Zach, you're the quarterback. You know, like my job is I, I get to be like the head coach of the team, and I work with every member of the team, but Zach's the quarterback. Like he, it's his offense. He keeps the offense on schedule. Uh, he, he holds everyone accountable. He makes sure every, everything's flowing, the system's running. Ego-wise, I had to accept that I'm not the best at this. Like, Zach's better than me at doing this, and it's okay. Uh, so I brought Zach on, and then same thing for Amanda with the creative side. It was like, I'm not good at this. I like fitness stuff, and I like people. I don't like um, organizing events. I don't like creating flyers. I don't like marketing. What, what did it feel like <laughs> at the other side of that fear? Because, yeah. like, for me, like, you have this, like, little twinge Ooh. of, yeah. man, this is my baby. Yeah. Like, I want to work on every little thing, but then you start seeing people do things better than you. Yeah. And like, yeah. especially for me, I mean, this is going back a couple of years yeah. and seeing people do things way better than yep. you could ever have done. Yep. And it's just like, <sighs> it's, that's what I was going to, the word I was going to use is liberating. It's very liberating to be able to like, like, like the book traction talks about like, let go of the vine to be able to like, like just let and go you don't of fall. one thing. <laughs> and it's like, I don't fall. Like on Monday, it's crazy, man. Like so, like Monday morning, I wake up, had a client, eight a.m. I get on my client, I check email, and there's like a Claw Athletics newsletter in my inbox. And I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> I've forgotten that Amanda took on the newsletter piece of our business, and I open it up, and I was like, yo, this puts the old newsletter. Bro, to that shame. newsletter is good, bro. Good. I just read it, <laughs> and like, like. It puts our old newsletter to shame. Like the old one looks like a third grade project on paper. <laughs> it was ugly. Even the logo was like not even blended into like the background. It was like you would still see parts of like where the logo got like cut off. It was terrible. And so to your point, it was like so liberating to open that email and to like see that. And to now you like, can't go back, bro. And now I can't go back. You can't go back. And that's one of my like philosophies in business and in teams in general is it's like, fuck weaknesses like everybody play your strengths like zach what are you the best at doing amanda what are you the best at doing Corey? what am i the best at doing and if we all play to our strengths and have the right parameters in place 
I feel like you win. <laughs> so I'm actually reading you know? a, an organizational management book yeah. right now about leaderless organizations, like the yeah. new wave of, because, and they define it by colors and over the ages. And I'm not going to go too much in the depth of it, but the new age is upon us because of social media and because of technology where it's like this freelancer economy. We're all yes. working on these multiple different yes. things that when you yep. work on multiple different things and like, you're a CEO, I'm a CEO, quote unquote, on paper. I don't even, because like a CEO to me is someone that's managing a hundred person yeah. company and yeah. whatever. Um, we're just like founders of yeah. small small businesses that <laughs> right. we enjoy running, right? Yeah. Um, and actually being in the business and helping. Yeah. Um, but the thing of today's nature is it doesn't work like it used to. Nope. Like mm-hmm. there's no totem pole. You need every single lever to work and to grow and to scale and to be sustainable and to keep things fun because it used to be, it was tough to make a business that was fun to create because there was no internet and there's no, Mm -hmm. you can't connect with people and Mm -hmm. there's no ambassadors and things to do that just keep things creative and fun. And in today's day and age, you can do that. So there's this new equation where you don't even really need titles. It's like, Zach, what are you great at? Yeah. What do you love to do? Yeah. Like that's what you're gonna do. Amanda, yeah. same thing. Uh, Corey, same thing. Yeah. And then every person that you attract, it's that same thing of what do we need right now as 100%. a business? And that's where a lot of businesses fail because they're too nice. They're like us, and they're too nice in their search of, hey, this seems like a good person. They seem like they work hard. Yeah. Okay, you're no. on the team, and yep. you can work with us. That's not the case. No. You want people that you might not necessarily hang out with yep. all the time. Or even ever. Yeah. But they're really fucking good at what they they do. do. And they're kind and they're empathetic. And when they show up, they show up for the bigger cause. And that's where you're you're doing that brilliantly. Can I interject on that point too? Uh, Whenever we were bringing Zach on to, whenever I was looking for another coach to bring on to be a part of the boot camp, uh, part of the interview process, I didn't tell him at the time, but I was just like, Hey man, I was like, you know, we can grab coffee like next week. But I was like, hey, we're doing, we got a boot camp, you know, tomorrow night, 7 p.m. You know, we'd love for you to come, you know, just come take the class. And in my head, I was wanting to see A, what does his work ethic look like? And then B, how does he react? How does he engage with other people? So I didn't give him any, I didn't tell him anything other than, hey, just show up to the boot camp. I wanted to see, is this guy gonna actually put the work in? And then how does he behave once he's there? So we show up. He was already like the hardest person, hardest working person there. Like he was like doing all the extra reps, all the extra sprints. He was winning the sprints. But what really caught my eye was when we would finish a drill, he was high-fiving people. He was hugging people. He was talking. He was meeting people. And I was like, I didn't know what I was looking for, but it's that. (laughs) I was like, that's exactly what I want. And it's to your point, it was like, at the time, I didn't know Zach on a super personal level. Like, I didn't know if he was the guy I'd grab a beer with. But I knew that if I put him in a boot camp and we gave him the right, you know, development, the right p- parameters and the right amount of reps, I was like, he can do this. <laughs> I was like, he's the right guy for this And then role. he can allow you to do what you're best at. Exactly. And exactly. unfortunately, we're coming up here on yeah. the end of our time. Yeah. Anchor cuts you off after an hour, so I have yeah. to be super conscious of that. But before we go, I'd love to help drive some traffic to your business. Yeah. So somebody out there right now, who is the avatar for Claw Athletics? 
somebody sitting out there in the yeah. corporate world or yeah. name your target market. So if they're yeah. listening here right now, they can go check you out and oh get connected. God. Corey's the man Ooh, and I highly recommend go. <laughs> you go check out one of his classes. Yeah. They're a bunch of fun and you're going to meet, the most important thing is you're going to meet other people yeah. there as well that yeah. you can connect with. Yeah, so like our archetyped, our person, uh, they're between 22 and 30 age-wise. Job-wise, they're probably either in a corporate position or maybe they're in sales. Uh, we, we like people, either sales, entrepreneurship, or a corporate role, just something where it's competitive. It's an upbeat, competitive environment. But what's perhaps most important, the two most important elements is A, they really, really care about their health and about competition. But B, even more important, it's somebody who has that social itch. It's somebody who, when it's a Friday, it's a Saturday, like they want to be hanging out with friends. doesn't matter if they're hiking, if they're playing a sport, or if they're at the bar. It's somebody who has that itch to be around other humans. That's what a lot of our business is built off of. That's why we have social events built into our memberships uh, is because our archetype person and actually values that. And when we talk to our our main veteran, our main clients, we're like, what do you love about the business? They're like, hey, we we really, really love the boot camps, but geez, like I can't miss a social event. Like, and we go to our socials and people are breaking their phones out, they're sharing Instagrams with each other, they're exchanging phone numbers. For us, that's what it's all about. We're always gonna have really great workouts, but we want a culture of people who actually want to meet other people and make friends who are on the similar wavelength. So I guess to summarize it, it's it's for millennials, it's for young people, people who are in their 20s uh, who have that social itch, and it's for people who used to play a sport and they miss having that camaraderie, that teamwork, that teammates, uh, those pregame vibes, postgame vibes, all that kind of stuff blended into one. That's who we're after. Man, it reminds me of like high school gym class. Yeah. Like where you're like competitive, but yeah. you're still having fun. That's like that's thing. what me and my buddy is like. Yeah. We would we would compete, but it was more so like we're out of class. Yeah. Just like you're out of work for a little bit. So it's yeah, like fun. Exactly. Like, but we're and still gonna compete and have yeah. and have at it. But and we tell people when the boot camp starts, we're like don't be timid out here. Like if you want to dance, dance. You want to scream, scream. You want to swear, swear. Don't be timid. Um, and it's so same. Again, we always say how you felt when you played soccer, when you played football, when you woke up on pre, when you woke up on game day, uh, when you drove to the stadium, when you first saw your teammates, when the game started, when you guys grabbed food afterwards. We want to recreate that in our business. Awesome. Last thing, where can the audience find you at? Yeah, yeah. So uh, Instagram company is at Claw Athletics. And then my personal page is at coach underscore Corey underscore fit. Uh, Corey's with an EY. Uh, Twitter is same thing at coach underscore Corey underscore fit. Um, Facebook at coach. So everything is really (laughs) my personal stuff is Coach underscore Corey underscore fit. The business stuff is always Claw Athletics. And then the website is clawathletics.com. Awesome. Yeah. Well, it was super inspiring to have you here yeah. on the podcast. I've been waiting to have you, have you I've on been too, man. For, for a while now, but it, it had to be right. I got to feel your passion yeah. up and there's nobody more passionate about what he does yeah. than this guy right here, Mr. Corey Lawson. Yeah. It's been a pleasure working with you over the past year and a half and yeah. I can't wait to see what we do yeah. in the future. For anybody that's listening, if there's something that I want you to take home with today. It's that every breath you take, every heartbeat you have, it is not guaranteed. You could 
take your next step and it could be your last step. Mm-hmm. So if you're really, really questioning something in your life right now, lean into what that gut is telling you and that intuition. And if you're scared to take that step, realize there are people out there that will help you get that next step safely. If you need to reach out to Core or I, yep. we'd love to help you get to that next step. Again, you can find them at coach underscore Corey underscore fit on Instagram. And you can reach out to us at Thrive On Life. Until next time, this is CJ Finley with the Thrive On Life podcast. Thrive on y'all. Peace.